This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Wayne Mabry, a.k.a. The Violator, and you're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast Show. Get your ears on and get some of this. You know. Boom. Chris, the draft is all wrapped up. It came and gone faster than Tyree Kill's career, man. Uh, Oh, wait. I should probably save that for real talk, bro. But, dude, it flew by. I'm ready for it. Chris, how excited are you on this draft? Wow, dude, you threw me off with that line right there, dude. <laughs> it was uh, definitely deserved. Man, I'm lit. I'm excited. I was uh, very impressed with Mike Mayock throughout the draft process. Really excited about the young talent that was added to this roster. I can't wait to break it all down with you, man. Yeah, and this episode is totally dedicated to the draft and talking about our new prospects as well as talking to Matt Schneidman, beat writer for Mercury News. But first, we have one announcement. The end of an era. Marshawn Lynch is expected to retire this offseason. Chris, I have mixed emotions about this. Sad to see him go. But how do you feel about uh, the end of Beast Mode? Well, obviously, future Hall of Famer. And I'm really appreciative that he came and played for the people of Oakland and for this franchise for a couple years. Obviously, when we signed him, you know, prior to 20, the 2017 season, we had just come off a great year. I think there was probably an expectation that we were going to be better. It was going to be a more competitive uh, experience. Uh, they didn't end up doing too well, uh, unfortunately, those two years. But he ran really hard. Yeah. I really appreciated his effort. And obviously what he does in the community is special. So I just, I'll always think of Marshawn Lynch, you know, another great number 24 that wore the silver and black. Yeah, and I can't say this enough. Thank you, Marshawn, for I don't care what the score was of that game, what our record was that year. You still got me out of my seat, man. This guy was always on the field making plays. He was exciting to watch, man. At least I knew going to some of these home games and making the trip. You know, maybe we weren't competitive that year, but at least we got to go watch Beast Mode get the ball and uh, put some fools on their back, so. I'm cool with it, man. Marshawn, thank you, bro. But hey, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, Chris. And we got a guy waiting to get on the phone, Matt Schneidman. You ready to get him a call? Yes, sir. Let's do it. So we got special guest Matt Schneidman on the phone. Matt, you're one of my favorite Raiders beat writers for the Mercury News. Um, And it's been a wild week, or should I say, I mean, probably a few months for that matter. How are you hanging in there? Barely. I'm barely hanging in. A lot of, <laughs> lot of long hours at the facility, but this is, this is what we do our jobs for. We love it. Um, interesting draft week. And, and as you guys know, with this team, there's never a dull moment. Even if they're 
three and eleven, and they're heading to Cincinnati for a meaningless Week Fifteen game. It's always interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, so <laughs> interesting week, interesting draft, and should be an interesting offseason to come. Yeah, it's been pretty wild so far. Even our supposed to be dead weeks have been filled with either drama or more news. Um, and Matt, now you've been covering the Raiders what almost two years now. Um, and you saw the end of the Jack Del Rio, Reggie McKenzie era, and you're now experiencing the beginning of the Gruden and Mayock, I'm going to call it a dynasty instead of an era. Um, how confident are you about the change in command that the Raiders have made? I think Mike Mayock was arguably the best addition the Raiders made, yeah. and that's including Antonio Brown. Um, not necessarily because he's calling all the shots, but you need someone as respected and knowledgeable as him to at least have John Gruden's ear. And Mike Mayock said it today when he met with former longtime Ravens general manager, Ozzie Newsom at the senior bowl here, let me get the exact quote up. So I don't mess this up. He told us this today after, um, after the seventh round, he said he met with Newsom at the senior bowl and he just told him, you know, having an opinion is a hell of a lot easier than making a decision. That was the exact quote Ozzie Ooh. Newsom told him. And I think that really rings true in Mayock's first draft. He has a really strong and knowledgeable opinion, but he's not necessarily the one making the final decision. But as long as John Gruden is more educated, I'm not saying Reggie McKenzie, McKenzie didn't know what he was doing, but you know, Mike Mayock can really build this team. Um, obviously, we saw Jack Del Rio, Reggie McKenzie era. Um, Mark Davis had bigger things in mind. The John Gruden, Reggie McKenzie era, they weren't necessarily on disconnect, but their personalities uh, would not coexist in an NFL front office. But Mike yeah. Mayock on John Gruden, John really respects Mike Mayock. And Mike Mayock knows what he's doing. He's knowledgeable. He's a team builder. And I think he'll get this thing turned around. How soon that will be, I don't know. And so I guess we'll see on that front. Yeah, so far we're loving Mike Mayock. And, of course, John Gruden's been doing his job, and that's uh, keeping you guys busy, and I'm sure he's keeping your notebooks full too. Yes. Uh, Matt, appreciate you coming on. It's Chris here. I wanted to ask you, uh, speaking of press conferences, uh, you're obviously a part of a unique one with the three first-round picks all at the same time. Uh, that doesn't happen often. What were your main takeaways from the responses to all your questions, and was there anything that stood out to you throughout that whole press conference? Well, as cliche as it sounds, uh, Mayock and Gruden really made a point to take high-character guys who mm -hmm. uh, were leaders on college teams, and in, in the, this will be my third season covering the team, and, and I haven't seen a group of guys, or rarely have I seen guys, uh, come off as well-spoken as these three did, especially on their first impression. Josh Jacobs is a little on the quieter side, but yeah. Cleveland Furl is like a quote machine, really well-spoken. Mm -hmm. So is Jonathan Abram. Um, obviously, it, it could be completely different on the field, but in terms of gaining the fan base's respect and admiration and presenting themselves well and representing the franchise well uh, at first glance, these three guys could not have done a better job. Yeah, I agree with that, man. And, and just kind of staying on that same topic, um, outside of the first-round draft picks, I know you've talked to a lot of, a lot of other prospects, um, heard from a lot of them, also undrafted free agents coming in. Is there anything that you've seen or that they've said, uh, maybe even outside the cameras, on camera, um, during any kind of interview that stood out to you? Is there any prospects that are uh, really on your radar going into this next season? I'm really intrigued by Hunter Renfro. I mean, he... he obviously became somewhat of a cult hero at Clemson, 
um, rose to college football fame, if you will, after he caught that game-winning touchdown pass in the 2017 championship game with a second left against Alabama. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Raiders needed a slot receiver. I think Ryan Grant could fill that spot, the guy they signed um, who's played for Colts and for the Colts in Washington in recent yeah. years. Um, but Renfro could fill that spot. And after Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams, there was kind of a steep drop-off in my mind. And, and Renfro hasn't had eye-popping numbers, but, you know, he's a, a future reliable slot receiver in the NFL uh, upon early projections. And I think he could fill that role, obviously. Um, you look at him, and he's 5'10", 184. Uh, you could, he looks like me. He, he's a regular guy, but I think... <laughs> Um, there's something inside him that uses that to his advantage. And that's kind of what he was telling us when we talked to him on the phone today. He, in his mind, he'll always think of himself as a walk-on. You know, he had no significant offers coming out of high school, walked on to Clemson, and now he's a fifth-round pick that the Raiders traded up for. So I think he could be an under-the-radar guy to watch. I know a lot of people know his name, but uh, once it gets to the NFL, it could be a different story uh, when it gets to on-field performance. And I, I, I think he could be a nice third weapon, third, fourth weapon for Derek Carr to take some eyeballs off Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams. Agreed. Really appreciate the insight there. Um, kind of looking at, you know, the roster as a whole, obviously uh, free agency, at least the main part of it is is long gone now. Uh, and then you look at the draft, the Raiders have just infused their roster with a ton of high quality young talent. Now that you look at the roster as a whole at this point, do you see any position group that still needs immediate attention? I think... Um, I anticipated the Raiders adding a potential starting guard on the offensive line this mm. weekend, or at least some depth on the offensive line, Yeah, but they didn't. So that says to me, and Mayock confirmed this to us after the draft ended today, they are confident that Denzel Good can start at one of the guard spots right now. Now, you know, going into training camp and whatever that could change, but as of now, it's Colton Miller, Gabe Jackson, Rodney Hudson, Denzel Good, and Trent Brown as the starting offensive line. So um, I don't know how much more can be done in free agency because obviously uh, any the only real you know starting caliber guy that's still out there is Ziggy Ansah, and, and he even has some medical issues. I know he's a defensive mm-hmm. end. The Raiders could get him. Probably couldn't afford it, but that's a whole other story. But I, I think if there's an area that, I was surprised they didn't address that still could use some work. It would be that interior of the offensive line, one spot on it at least, because they pretty much hit everything. They got some pass rushers. Um, they got a bunch of defensive backs, wide receiver, tight end, running back. Um, and, and in free agency that earlier, they signed Brandon Marshall and Vontez Perfect to shore up that linebacking course. So I think they, they touched pretty much all their bases. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that, Matt. Uh, offensive guard was definitely something both me and Chris were tracking throughout the draft. Um, hopefully Denzel Good is the guy that we expect. Um, but I want to wrap this thing up with one last question. And to me, this is going to be my favorite question because it's been my favorite topic the last three days. Um, obviously, there's been a theory floating around that the Raiders were looking for a quarterback. <laughs> and that's obviously been debunked. We didn't even pick one. You know what I mean? Not even a backup. Right. Um, so do you think that this was just the national media looking for a story? trying to dig on John Gruden, Mike Mayock, and the Raiders? Or do you think that this was actually John and Mike maybe setting a smoke screen uh, to keep their options open, maybe force a team to trade ahead of them? What's the, what's the scoop on that? Yeah, I don't know for, for certain, but 
I think it was pretty clear that they were confident in Derek Carr. I mean, we didn't really even have to read between the lines. They, they starting at the senior bowl, Mike Mayox told us um, we were sitting around a, a small table with him and he told a couple of us, you know, I think Derek Carr is a starting caliber quarterback. And I don't think there are 32 of those in the league. Fast forward a month at the combine Mayox says, Derek Carr is a franchise quarterback. The next day, Gruden says Derek Carr is our franchise quarterback. Fast forward a couple more weeks at the owners' mm-hmm. meetings, and John Gruden says Derek Carr will be our quarterback in 2019. So kind of escalating votes of confidence for Carr. And today, or the other day, on Thursday night, Gruden said, you know, I've said it four or five times. What more did you want from me? Like, I do, <laughs> I do think that, you know, I'm not going to question where other people get their sources from. I'm not one to do that. But um, – if I had to make an assumption, the Jets were trying to trade back from that number three spot. And if other teams thought the Raiders were seriously considering Dwayne Haskins, obviously because Kyler Murray was gone, um, that might have made them want to trade up to that number three spot more. And that would have dropped Quinn and Williams back to the Raiders, which I think would have been their ideal scenario. So in, in the end, yes, they didn't even draft a backup, which I was surprised by. Am I surprised that Derek Carr is still their starter after the draft? No. I'm surprised they didn't draft the backup because, you know, Mike Lennon, Landry Jones, Nathan Peterman, yeah. you could get a backup out of that trio. But um, I wouldn't say national reporters or whoever reported that were looking for a story. I would say it was more some strategy uh, from the Raiders side or wherever that was coming from to, mm-hmm. to try and generate some leverage in the draft. And, you know, the Jets didn't trade down. So in the end, it didn't really matter. The Raiders got supposedly who they wanted. And Derek Carr is still their starting quarterback, which I think uh, the reasonable ones and those who kind of have been listening to Gruden and Mayock the last couple months aren't really surprised by that. Boom. That's a, uh, I agree with that. That's a great assumption. And uh, Matt, I appreciate you coming on with us tonight. I know you've been busy. Uh, for those that don't follow you on Twitter, where can they find you? I'm just at Matt Schneidman. And my, my name's a little hard to spell, but if you just type in STH, you'll find it. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say, Matt, uh, hope you get some rest from September 22nd to October 27th. It's going to be quite a run for you, man. Lots of travel. Hope you hold up. <laughs> that certainly is. <laughs> cool. Matt, like I said, thanks again. Uh, keep doing what you do. We appreciate your work, and we'll see you later, man. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Talk soon. That was a great call from a great beat writer. Chris, what would you think of talking to Matt? Man, it was great. Matt had some really nice insight uh, as to – what's going on with the franchise and, and some of the prospects and players that the Raiders have brought in. And obviously his uh, viewpoint on the whole uh, Mayock and Gruden situation and their relationship. It was cool to bring them on. Appreciate you uh, uh, reaching out to him and getting him on the show, man. Yeah, it was good stuff. And that was a perfect opener to a big show covering the draft. So let's start diving into these picks. So we open this sucker off the number four overall pick Cleveland Farrell out of Clemson, the national championship winner. Chris, it was a little bit of a surprise, right, whenever Cleveland got picked. Um, A lot of fans were a little upset, the initial reaction, just because I think so many people were studying these mock drafts coming out, um, seeing maybe his value drop a little bit. They expected him to be in that area. Well, guess what, folks? That's why a lot of people don't care about mock drafts, because... Really, teams don't have our mock draft. Sometimes they use use it for for league value, but it really doesn't matter. I obviously think, um, you know, that this this guy. I mean, uh, he's a he's a Virginia native. He came out as a junior from Clemson, 
And um, obviously everyone knows him as the pass rusher who dominated Alabama in the championship game. And may I remind you, that was against the best tackle in the draft, Jonah Williams. Um, he left college being selected as first team all ACC, and he was winner of the Ted Hendricks Award. Um, I see Farrell as our perfect strong side defensive end available to us at four, besides Nick Bosa. Um, so me per se, I'm not mad with the pick. Uh, we definitely filled a need, absolutely. Um, and he has that cornerstone type mentality who looks to come in and make an, make an impact on the field and in the locker room. Um, and when the Raiders held a presser for our first round draft picks, I'm not sure how many of you saw it, Chris, I know you did. Um, he said one thing to me that stood out and he said, do normal things abnormally, man. The kid is just full of good energy and he won me over. No doubt. Um, we're a couple days in and there's not many players. I think at this point that I'd rather have on our team besides Cleland. Chris, what'd you think about our first pick? Well, I'll start for my initial reaction when uh, Cleveland's name was called. It did surprise me. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that I definitely wanted to be a Raider, but in my Twitter GM, like social media expert, you know, mock draft, kind of the value, I thought that he would have been more of an option that we could possibly get a great value player at 24, or maybe we trade up for him uh, into the mid-teens. But at the end of the day, you know, the pick, I mean, th- there could have been some really bad selections there, and Cleveland wouldn't have been one of them. And at the end of the day, it, it's very clear that Mike Mayock and John Gruden didn't want to miss. They wanted to get bring in a guy that was not going to be a bust, that was going to have the right mentality, the right leadership, the right work ethic. And you look at Cleland's floor, I see him immediately being a very impactful rookie. So yeah. the production will be there. And yeah, some people want to say he has a limited ceiling. Well, you know, I think a guy that that has those type of you know work ethic. Uh, I think a guy that has those type of you know work ethic traits. I think that they can maximize that ceiling and, and maybe go above what what people would kind of put him in the box as to how far he could take his career. Uh, so, and then you know, obviously the the press conference that you spoke of, he controlled the room in my opinion. When I was listening to them, I thought it was three leaders up there who had three different personality types, but Cleland was the main man. And I know he's the number four pick, but his answers, I I just envision him being in the meeting rooms and at practice. And he's a guy that's just for, for years to come talk about franchise cornerstone players. I can already see it by the way he carries himself, by the way he answers questions and the type of mentality he seems to have. So by the minute, I am getting more and more excited about this pick. And uh, I'm really looking forward to him, you know, uh, being really impactful, not just on the field, but off the field for this franchise. And, and we need it, man. We really need guys that are going to be dependable going forward. Yeah. And obviously, we weren't done in round one after Cleveland. We came back with a 24th pick, and we picked Alabama's running back, Josh Jacobs, clearly the best running back in the draft. And he's finally that all-around running back that we needed. Um, I was kind of against taking a first-round running back this year, uh, mainly because I saw the potential, you know, maybe in the mid-rounds or day two, uh, maybe someone that was pretty close to his talent but at a better value. Um, but I feel like we picked him because, our, you know, our draft picks, they're just, they're so, they were so full of high-energy characters, except this one, man. Josh comes in here and he just carries himself with a chip on his shoulder. Um, he noted even in an interview that he'll never forget his childhood, man. Uh, he'll never forget the nights in the back of that suburban, the gunshots, the sirens, 
Um, this kid is just set out, I think, to set the world on fire and give his family a life that he never had. So you can tell that Josh is very humble off the field, um, but a very, a very violent runner on the field. Um, Chris, break down what you think of our new running back, Josh Jacobs. I think he's the best running back in the draft. And anytime you can get you know, the best player at, at the position throughout the entire draft process, you can't complain about that. The Raiders needed a running back. John Gruden relies on running backs. They're very important. And he's a guy that very much appreciates a three, three down running back. Josh Jacobs can pass block very well. He's a really good receiver. He's a very good run uh, route runner for a running back. He can run in between the tackles. He's shifty. He'll make a man miss in, in the open field and he will power over you too. As we saw uh, in, in the bowl game against Clemson where he got in the open field and he straight ran over the dude before he went in the end zone. I mean, <laughs> he's a set the tone type running back that can do it all. There's not a down in distance where Josh Jacobs can't be in the game and be an effective player. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited about having him be a part of this offense. And I know John Gruden is as well, man. Yeah, that was the perfect compliment that we needed, especially in the backfield to cap off this offense. Um, that's what we talked about when we talked about running backs. We needed a guy that can go in there and do it all. We don't need a, a, a role player. We don't need a guy that can come in on passing downs or a guy that comes in on short yardage, short yardage situations. Uh, we needed a guy like Josh Jacobs. You never know what he's going to do. He's going to be all over the field. Um, and then right after that, Almost back-to-back, we went with the 27th pick, and we got Jonathan Abram, uh, safety out of Mississippi State. Um, And Abram kind of comes in as that box safety with speed, not necessarily something we needed unless Carl Joseph is kind of finally either moving to like a free safety type role. Um, But with a combo of Abram, Joseph, and Joyner, I mean, man, I think we have a very versatile group on 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 top of our secondary. And although he didn't come from a championship-winning college team, um you can tell he's all about it man i watched i paid way too much attention probably to that presser but i could not stop seeing him look back behind him and take a look at those three lombardi trophies sitting back there um and he kept uh, referencing winning mentality like a million times while answering questions um i can say that after a very busy thursday night uh the abram pick to top it all off uh, has me very anxious to see the physicality our secondary will have Um, What do you think about our new safety, Jonathan Abram? Well, he's going to be a leader on that defense on the back end. But you look at the the style of play. He plays like a bat out of hell, to be honest with you. He has Mm -hmm. no fear. He'll get in there on the run plays, and he'll throw his head in there, and and he'll he'll bang with the big bodies and bring the the ball carrier down. Um, He has speed, really athletic. and I definitely think he's going to be a guy that the quarterback on the other side is going to need to know where he is at all times. Uh, I think he's well worth the pick in terms of this this defense. I know you talk about Carl Joseph. I think Carl Joseph can still play on this football team and play, uh, you know, more of a center field role in certain situations. I know Gunther kind of goes with the too high at times, but uh, Abram is, you know, you, you, you talk about his game. I think playing a box safety is what he's made to play, but I don't want to limit him to just that. I think he yeah. has the traits and the abilities and the hardworking mentality to grow into something that can be pretty versatile for this defense. He does need to work on some things. Obviously, I mean, he's going to be a rookie, uh, you know, late first round pick. There's going to be that. But, you know, his ball skills, you know, maybe some of his coverage ability, uh, he'll continue to improve on that. But, you know, definitely, I mean, he can tackle. What did John Gruden say? He's like, we got to have guys that can bring dudes down and that aren't afraid to bring dudes down. And Jonathan Abram definitely checks those boxes. So I think the defense got tougher. 
and it got has a stronger will mentality with him on the back end. Yeah, and I like how you brought that up. You can't necessarily pin him to the position that he was kind of held to at Mississippi State. Uh, he definitely has the traits to kind of be able to move around and be that hybrid safety, uh, jump all over. Just the speed alone. I mean, just because he's a hard hitter and can get up and make a tackle doesn't mean he's going to be a box safety. I like that. Um, hopefully between this trio of safeties, we find the right combo or we find the right way to intermix them. Either way, the top of our secondary, I think, is buttoned up very nice. Wrapping up the first round, we're supposed to open up day two and have the 35th overall pick, which we then traded that to Jacksonville, which was one of our many trade downs. Chris, uh, we had like four or five of these things. What'd you think about them? Was there any uh, value we wish we could have got more? Or did you like the overall strategy throughout the draft? I think when you listen to Mayock's answer where he was like, hey, we're at 35, we had a couple of players we liked. And why not move back to 38 and kind of let the selections from other teams make the decision for him? They got to 38. The players were still there. He did it again. Yeah. And then so when he got to 40, the decision was made. I guess he said the player was picked. And look at what happened. He got some extra picks out of it for moving back twice. I like that mentality. That's that's playing chess uh, with the draft. And, and I think that Mayock is always going to be a smart decision maker. What's best for this team? And, you know, if he has a couple guys that are close, why not move back, have the other teams make the decision for you, and then you get a player that you really wanted and you have an opportunity later to toy around, get some more players, or use those as capital to move up or whatever uh, the case may be. So I'm, I'm happy with the tradebacks. I think it's smart smart general managing, if that's even a term, general managing. <laughs> Mayock's doing a great job at it. <laughs> <laughs> and it kept us fans on our toes, man. Uh, these these trades are all over the board. It was kind of hard. I'm trying to do the math in my head, trying to figure out where we're bouncing around. It was add this pick, take this pick, add this pick, take away this pick. So this first trade we took, uh, number 35 overall, 140 and 235 and we traded that to jacksonville that's when we traded back to 38 and we also acquired a fourth rounder in uh 109 overall so we slid back to 38 just like you said whatever it was the player was still there so they traded back more so they took 38 they traded that to buffalo for uh, pick number 40 and pick number 158 so pick 40 finally we're back on the clock this is from buffalo we go ahead and we pick uh, another clemson player cornerback Trayvon Mullen. Um, and this was the second Clemson product that we took in this draft, uh, two of three that were actually drafted. Um, and Trayvon was selected um, after, of course, you know, we packaged these trades. Um, and he's actually the cousin of Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. And I think he brings the same tools to his position. Extreme athleticism. Uh, the former wide receiver turned corner is adding a lot of strength to our secondary and was also um, another Clemson product with all ACC accolades um just like our first two picks he's a born winner and he steps up in big games he finished the championship game as the defensive mvp uh finishing with six tackles a sack an interception a forced fumble and he helped defeat the crimson tide chris tell me about our other new cornerback trayvon mullen well another connection too is he worked out with jonathan abram throughout the whole oh. draft process best so friends he has man. a he basically i think he said something like that he's like my best friend or something like yeah. that when uh, uh the beat writers were talking to trayvon mullen uh, so you know definitely look at his ability i mean he played his best in the biggest of games as you said he got the mvp mayock talked about plays that jump off the tape he had like three or four plays in the, in the yeah. biggest game that jumped off the tape 
Obviously, he had the interception and the nice return on it, but he had a nice blitz where he came in, and he really popped to a pretty good, forced a fumble, huge play in the game. Uh, you know, you look at his ability. I mean, his man cover skills is what he's best at. He'll line up one-on-one, and he can be physical. And, you know, he's a guy that he can turn his head, make a play on the ball. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited for him to come into this defense. And you look at the Raiders' cornerback room, you got Gary on Conley on one side and, and coming into the draft, we had, you know, Daryl Worley penciled in. I think Worley's got a heck of a competition yeah. coming up with uh, Trayvon Mullen, man. And I mean, uh, you know, the Raiders clearly really like him taking him at the, with the 40th pick. There was a lot of corners on the board, a lot of corners that were linked to the Raiders uh, that the Raiders chose Trayvon over. So you know, uh, they definitely are a big fan of him. I know Paul Gunther's probably just licking his chops. Can't wait to get his hands on him, bring him into this defense, infuse him in. And I think Cohen in the future, man, the Raiders have a lot of young, talented corners, uh, you know, for years to come. They can, you know, cause the AFC West quarterback some trouble, and Trayvon's certainly one of them. Yeah, it definitely seems after, you know, we, acqu- we acquired uh, Rashawn Melvin last year. He wasn't necessarily what we, you know, expected him to be. Um, but I feel like we kind of just got a young Clemson product in a Rashawn Melvin type player. Real long, lanky, has speed. He can close in on the ball, good ball skills. I'm all about it. We got younger and we got cheaper, so I'm all for it. And then we closed out day two. A little bit of a, a little bit of a dry spell. Uh, we still didn't we didn't trade back into the third round like a lot of fans wanted. Um, I think they see like an empty round and they expect a team's at least supposed to have a pick in each round, which we kind of wanted a little bit more in that range. I don't think anything was quite available, but we opened up day three. We're supposed to have two picks very early on. So we opened up 106 overall with Mad Max Crosby, defensive end, Eastern Michigan. Noah's real name's not Mad Max. That's just what Mayox already dubbed him. I guess he's kind of been walking around screaming his name Mad Max to John Gruden over and over again. So obviously he was on their radar for a while. Um, But the Michigan native man is definitely one of our interesting ones. Um, He sounds like a guy, obviously. Mayock is very high on him just because of his motor, man. This is a player that will come in and seriously compete with Arden Key. Um, Very high energy, even off the field, man. He's a perfect example of the theme that Mike and John stuck to. Um, But one knock that everyone is hitting him on is his weight. Um, either he's too light or he needs to bulk up or he's just not quite caught up with his frame size. He is a big kid. Um, but just remember he is a kid. Um, he reported to be 255 pounds though at six foot five. And if I remember right, that's coming in bigger than Arden Key did as a prospect. And that's also coming in bigger than even Brian's Brian Burns did, uh, into this draft. And we were all very high on Brian Burns. So for me, I'm high on Mr. Mad Max Crosby. Chris, what do you think about our new defensive end? No, people I know, they immediately jump to that, right? But it's funny. I mean, it is day three. Like, yeah. if he had everything all put together, his name would have been called Thursday night. Exactly. So there's always going to be something to improve upon. That's why he's available in the fourth round. But, I mean, you look at the production. Uh, in 2017, Eastern Michigan, 16 and a half TFLs, 11 sacks in 12 games. This past season, he had 19 TFLs, 7 and a half sacks. He's had four, for, uh, he's had four forced fumbles each of the last two years. So eight force fumbles in the last two seasons total. Crazy. Uh, the guy's a productive player. And honestly, I, I had not watched tape on him at all prior to the draft. Obviously today he's picked. I do what I can. I go, I watch what mm-hmm. I can. And honestly, something that stuck out to me from what I saw is his hand usage. He knows how to use his hands to put the offensive tackle off balance. 
so there's you know definitely some things that I'm sure that, that he'll need to clean up that I haven't even got into yet. You talk about adding the weight and all that, but I, I'm excited about him. And, and I honestly love the phone call of all the phone calls that the Raiders had other than probably Cleveland. Cause that one got me pretty emotional, but Max Crosby just seemed to be so fired up about yeah. being a Raider. Like he was just so excited how he told his dad earlier that yeah. day, watch the Raiders take me. I thought that it's was crazy. Cool. I really dig those phone calls a lot. Shout out to the Raiders.com film crew and all that for producing that and putting that together for us fans. But I'm excited about Crosby adding him to this, you know, defensive end position group. And, you know, you start looking at how the roster's kind of, you know, building. You, you got Cleveland on one side, right? And then we have some nice depth behind them. We got Benson Mayoa. We got uh, Morrow that we brought mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the other side, you got Arden Key, Max Crosby, kind of building some, you know, edge rushers there on the other side of Cleveland. So it's going to be exciting. The, the Raiders are going to be able to impact the passer this year. And uh, it excites me. I'm, I'm tired of them uh, quarterbacks sitting back there all day with all the time in the world to throw. We better freaking be able to impact the dang passer this year. Gosh dang <laughs> right, it, Chris. Right. <laughs> ah, that got me so frustrated, man. That got me so fr- But I'm glad that we were able now, you know, we opened up with our with our fifth pick and we were able to go in and get another defensive end. I'm all for it. And then, of course, after Max, uh, we were supposed to have pick 109, which we then traded that to Indianapolis for pick 129 and 135. So down at 129, we picked the corner out of Houston, Isaiah Johnson. And that was the second corner taken in the draft. Another lengthy, fast corner to add to that cornerback room. Uh, But the former track star started his football career just like our other second-round pick, Trayvon Mullen, as a wide receiver. And to be honest, it's things like this that add a little bit of likability for me, man. Switching over to the defensive side of the ball to cover the position he used to once play. Um, It's kind of like a former criminal turning into a cop. You know, you're going to know what the person is thinking. Uh, You know the mentality. You know what they're looking for. Um, You know, you look for things to exploit. Um, you already kind of have a feel for their moves and you know how to kind of bait them into things. Um, It's always great for a corner to know how a wide receiver thinks even more. And that's another reason why I was so high on Devin White um, as a middle linebacker coming out is because he was a former running back switching over to middle linebacker and then hunting running backs. Uh, So in this case, having two lengthy, fast corners coming in as depth pieces or to compete for a starting job, like you said, with Worley, which I fully expect one or the other uh, most likely Trayvon Mullen to get the first crack at it. Uh, but for both of these guys to have experience like that and ball skills as wide receivers and switching over to the other side and covering the wide receiver, I am all for these guys. Chris, what'd you think of Isaiah? Honestly, man, I, as soon as the, he was drafted, started diving into him. And before I even realized how tall this dude was, I was like, I was looking at him in, in some of his film and I was like, Dude, how big is this dude? I had to uh-huh. stop watching and go to his profile and, you know, from, from the draft network, NFL.com, check it out. I even had to double check it. I, he's 6'4"? Are you <laughs> he's kidding me? He's lanky, like, man. It's I mean, crazy. dude, he is huge. He has that length. That's really special if you lose a step, right? And you got the receiver a little bit ahead of you, but you had the length to make a play on the football. We have a six-foot arm to reach yeah, out and knock I, it down. He, yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> Uh, I, I like what I saw. Uh, you know, obviously the the Raiders will, will get him in there and, and coach him up and try to take some of the the things to the next level for him. Uh, that you know reasons why maybe he was just there in the fourth round instead of being drafted earlier. But I'm excited at another corner, more depth, and another thing that was talked about 
was the connection with special teams with Rich Bisaccia. Uh, Isaiah Johnson can run and he's long and that will be an instant impact player on special teams. So I know Bisaccia is probably the most excited position coach, probably even more than Gunther to get him in there and, and have him make an impact on a unit that is a lot more important than people realize. Boom. And then also, right after that, we were supposed to have pick 135. We acquired that whenever we traded away 109. But then we traded 135 to Atlanta. We acquired 137 and 230. So at 137, we get back on the board. So at 137, we finally dove into the position that all of Raider Nation has been pounding the table for since Jared Cook has left. Foster Morrow, tied in out of LSU. Um, and he was one of the few late round tight ends that for some reason caught my eye whenever I was overviewing some draft prospects, but I never dove into him. Um, he just kind of looked like a big fella, um, saw something about him being able to block, didn't really care about it, moved on to the next prospect. Well, guess what? Now he's a future Raider. Um, and digging back on some of his history, he wasn't necessarily just thrust into this starting role for LSU. He definitely had to work his way there. Um, he didn't even catch a pass his freshman year. He only started three games his sophomore year um, and then really took on the role his final two years. Um, he was a great run-blocking tight end um, who honestly has a great stride. This guy is really fast. I watched his 40 at the Combine. He gets those legs moving, man. He opens that stride up, and he gets running down the field. Um, but I will say there's one thing that covered up, I think, his, his, his ability as a receiver and they had just some poor quarterback play there in LSU for a while that definitely forced this offense into kind of like a protect mode, run-first offense. Uh, so it di- didn't lead to anything flashy for a tight end. He didn't come away with anything nice. Um, but I look forward to the type of type of jump he can make going into the NFL and especially into an offense with John Gruden that hopefully, given the opportunity, uh, can open up some versatility for Foster. What do you think about him, Chris? I agree. You know, watching them today, I definitely picked up on that poor quarterback play. They're obviously running a, you know, an offense that was really run heavy. And whenever they did pass, it looked, uh, it looked disorganized, uh, you know, not, um, not advanced. So obviously Foster's in a position where he's not necessarily going to thrive with his receiving numbers. But one thing I did pick up is that he seems to be a really good pass blocker uh, when they did drop back and he stayed in line. Uh, Looked like to be a pretty decent run blocker, to be honest. I thought him, Saw him bang with some linebackers and some defensive ends and some situations that caught my eye a little bit. And then, you know, you look at uh, what Mayock was talking about in his presser, and that's that he's a better athlete than people realize. And then obviously, as we alluded to, he was in a position where he wasn't going to thrive as a receiver. So they think there's some potential there that they can tap into to where he can maybe become more of a complete player. Uh, So I'm excited to see that develop. You know, Foster's going to come into a situation where the Raiders have some some guys that are pretty similar uh, as far as, you know, their ability to block. You got, obviously, Lee Smith, proven blocker. They added Luke Wilson this past offseason. Decent blocker, showing some receiving ability. Then they got Derek Carrier. Then they got the special athlete, uh, Darren Waller, that's going to come in. So Foster's going to have to earn his snaps. But I think, uh, you know, you look at, you know, John Gruden appreciates a, a tight end that'll that isn't afraid to get in there and make some solid blocks and not be so finesse, but is a tough guy too. So, uh, you know, I definitely understand why they made the pick in the fourth round. 
Yeah, I see Foster as a guy that's going to come in and kind of just add to that tight end carousel, compete hopefully, and win over a starting job because we don't need to just we don't just need to deploy a, a tight end by committee per se. We need to find that guy that can come in and just have a backup or two that can come in situationally and make it happen for us. We need some consistency um, and, and we need some chemistry to build with our tight ends. We don't we don't need four different guys out there uh, rotating in and out all over the place. Uh, but after Foster, we were supposed to have pick 140, uh, which was traded to Buffalo early on. But we had acquired pick 149 from Dallas, in which we picked another Clemson product, our third Clemson draft pick for the Clemson Raiders. We picked wide receiver Hunter Renfro. And as you can tell just by our call with Matt, he's, I think, easily won over. He's kind of one of the more popular picks, at least for later round picks. Um, and that's definitely the exact wide receiver I wanted us to target, Chris. We talked about it. I just want a good, pure slot receiver, not just some guy that can maybe play there. Uh, we need a sure-handed, smart slot guy that can come in and just move the chains. Um, and when I, when I went to watch Hunter's potential, of course I watched the most recent stuff. You know, you, you see him playing with rising star Trevor Lawrence, and he played great. But I also turned back the clock a little bit, and I watched him play with Deshaun Watson as his quarterback. And he looked great in that fired-up offense. He also holds a great accomplishment, man. Uh, the Brandon Burlesworth Award as the top senior who started his college career as a walk-on. Hunter adds that perfect compliment to our offense. And I can't wait to see what he does, Chris. What do you think about Hunter? Honestly, he's one of my favorite picks in terms of where he was taken. I'm really excited to add him into this offense. You know, you talk about him, you know, playing in the slot. He's a smart player, really precise, nuanced route runner, uh, you know, coming from the slot. He has great hands. Anytime you look at a dude that his best trait and with with all of the inconsistency that our quarterback has dealt with, with drops, it's so nice to see someone's pros and their profile be catches like their hands are like glue you like to see that and and you need that out of a slot receiver obviously but then you know you watch him and not only does he catch everything that is you know remotely around him but you see he's really good after the catch and that's also equally as important as running a nice route and being able to catch the football as a slot receiver you you have to be able to catch it in space make a man miss make a bigger play and uh, I think he's going to move the chains for Derek. When everyone's looking at Antonio Brown and they're looking at this guy going downfield, they got, you know, uh, if Renfro can slip in there, make a catch, some yak, get a first down, I think that's going to be huge. And obviously, you know, he would, he was clutch in the biggest of moments. He had that game-winning touchdown pass in the 2016 national title game, uh, you know, with, you know, coming from Deshaun Watson. You know, and obviously, uh, you know, they, they could not guard him that day. He had a huge game. Uh, and you look at, you know, you talk to his teammates, the way they talk about him. The, his coach, I saw an interview where he was talking about him. Nothing but positive, glowing reviews about the type of teammate and, and work ethic he has and how smart he is. So I know Derek's going to appreciate that. I know Coach Gruden will and that whole offensive staff. So I'm excited to see him uh, wiggle his way into this lineup and, and get on the field. Yeah, absolutely. And then after Hunter... We had pick 158, which we had acquired from Buffalo, but then we traded that to Dallas in their trade. And then we also had, in the seventh round, we were supposed to have 218. We traded that to Dallas. So we were kind of left on standby again for the second time in the draft, all the way down to the seventh round, 230th overall. We acquired that from Atlanta. 
And we kind of came out of the blue and drafted Quentin Bell, defensive end, Prairie View, A&M. And I say come out of the blue. I mean, it's a, it's a seventh-round pick. I guess they're all kind of come out of the blue a little bit. Uh, but he's definitely a freak athlete. I think that's kind of what you're looking for at that point. Um, somebody, somebody with that ability, and he obviously has that, man. He has the size of a defensive end, but he has the athleticism and the speed to play defensive end, linebacker. Some have even said he could freaking play safety. I mean, not necessarily believable, but that's just the type of athlete he is. Uh, total raw prospect. Um, hasn't even proven to be an NFL player, but man, if he can get coached up, watch out, man. He can find himself on the 53 maybe in the next couple years. Uh, six foot four man runs a four three eight forty. Absolutely unbelievable. What do you think of our final draft pick, Quentin Bell, Chris? A couple things before I go into the player. There's a couple things I saw on Twitter that were hilarious. First of all, you know we we talk about how we didn't draft a QB. Well, Quentin Bell is the only QB that we drafted. <laughs> Can't take credit for that one. I don't know who said it, but I found it to be hilarious. And another thing that I read too that was so funny. It came out of the picture of his body, and the dude looks like supreme athlete and someone was like oh man reggie mckenzie would have taken him in the second round <laughs> i thought that was really funny too it, it, it made sense too you know how he would take those raw athletes early on but man i mean dude the the guy ran at 238 pounds at his pro day he ran a 4-4 i mean how does that that a 41 and a half inch uh, vertical i mean the dude can uh, is definitely worth a flyer in the seventh round uh, if they can kind of put his raw skills together, use his natural athleticism that he has. Uh, you know, he's clearly a gifted athlete with some rare uh, measurables that are don't come around every day. You don't just have the ability to play safety and then, like, gain some weight and play defensive end. It's just you just don't see that. And uh, mm -hmm. Gruden kind of talked about that, too, when he was on his phone call with him. So I'm really happy for the kid to join the silver and black, and hopefully he can make an impact and, and earn his way on this roster. And that wraps up our draft, but then we had a lot of action post-draft. We had a lot of undrafted free agents, Chris, and the first one, fullback, Alex Ingold out of Wisconsin. Wow, right? Cool, fullback, like, great, what do you care? Well, this one's a little bit different. I actually, I mean, we actually have something to say about this fullback. You know, he was a running back. He converted to fullback his freshman year, and Alex was the only fullback invited to the Senior Bowl and the NFL Combine. Um, he could definitely push for a spot on the team. Uh, his competition would definitely between be between Keith Smith and uh, and Chris Warren. <laughs> for sure, man. I, I what do you think you, about man. Hey, he had 17 <laughs> touchdowns in four years. Not too bad, right? Hey, not bad I averaged for a five and a half yards of carry last year. That's not too shabby either. Uh, you know, so there, you know he even made some nice catches. You know, had some yards there as a receiver. But look, I, I think you know as as our boy Grizz talked about. He's a John Ritchie type guy. He's going to get in there. I saw a clip of him absolutely laying someone out mm -hmm. as a lead blocker for his running back. Uh, looks like just a really tough player. You know, Gruden Grinder. He even tweeted out Gruden Grinder with the <laughs> yeah. hashtag. He knows what Coach Gruden likes. Uh, and you know our coach appreciates players like that. And there's always going to be a, a place for that position. So, you know, hey, man, I mean, he clearly liked him. And every other fullback on the roster, I know, I know we got a few right now. Uh, they should watch out, man. Ingold's going to come uh, come for a spot, man. I'm sure he's going to get everything he has, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got. And after Ingold, we went ahead and picked up another corner, Dylan Maben, out of Fordham. Yeah, six foot one again, 190 pounds, little a uh, little more length, um, but he definitely has the speed and size to be the ideal corner. Um, I think his only knock for him is just kind of being washed out 
uh, in run blocking. He's not very physical at the line. He could definitely brush up on his bump and run technique. He needs to focus on jamming those wide receivers, man. It's the NFL. You can't get away uh, from that little fancy stuff that these corners try and do. It's not all about footwork and speed, man. You got to get up there and you, you got to play big boy ball. So I think uh, if Maven can get in there and, and uh, get coached up a little bit, develop a little bit, put on some size, put on some strength, and work on his technique. Um, he's definitely got the mold, uh, and it's always nice. I mean, we're just taking flyers on undrafted. Uh, good pickup again. What do you think about him, Chris? Well, I think you look – I mean, he's kind of got that prototypical size that you look for, uh, as you mentioned, you know, 6'6", 190, uh, has nice, you know, length, you know, decent athleticism. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of corners that come out. But, um, you know, to add another corner as an undrafted free agent – you know, just add him to the room, add to the competition. I like it. So I think it was a nice move. Um, I personally have not, you know, got to dive into his film uh, much at all. You know, obviously the undrafted free agents started kind of flowing in after the draft. So I haven't got to check him out too much, but I'm excited to. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can just compete and, and, you know, make that room more competitive, man. Yeah. Next guy on the list, we signed offensive tackle Andre James out of UCLA. 6'4", 299 pounds, big boy. And towards the end of the 2018 season, uh, unfortunately, Andre lost his dad to testicular cancer. Um, Still found a way to suit up, though, that week and was awarded the game ball after they defeated Arizona. And you know what? Another thing about Andre, it's more of a funny thing about Andre. He was actually the player that stepped in and played for Colton Miller's place at right tackle the final seven games of his freshman year when Colton went down with an injury. So uh, maybe some more injury insurance to tackle behind Brandon Parker. Uh, And like we said, it's just taking flyers on players at this point. I think it was another good one. We could use some depth and competition to tackle. Chris, what'd you think about Andre? Well, I mean, you know, obviously coming from UCLA, I'm from Southern California. So I know of him. I had no idea if he was going to be drafted or not. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen for him, but the, the Raiders were able to sign him pretty quickly after the draft. It's always nice to add, you know, more offensive linemen uh, that, that have ability. I was kind of reading uh, his profile a little bit. Um, some, you know, people that, you know, in the know believe he's going to be end up being more of a guard in the mm. NFL. So I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work. But obviously, if they did try that, he does have that offensive tackle versatility. Uh, you know, the kind of terms that come up are stiff and slow for him. Uh, but, you know, I have not watched a tremendous amount of him. So I won't sit here and knock his game. I'm, I'm excited that we brought him in. Obviously, they like him. And, you know, uh, a good offensive linemen are, are worth a flyer to to try to progress and, and bring in, you know. So um, he's uh, under contract with the silver and black, and hopefully he can earn a spot on the team. Yeah, and speaking of bringing in offensive linemen, we brought in another one right after that. Offensive guard, Lester Cotton Sr. out of Alabama. That brings in, gosh dang, I mean, how many players do we have from the championship game now? Uh, six? or uh, I think we maybe ended with six or seven. Gosh, man, it was right, it, man. It, it was wild. Uh, Mayock and, uh, and Gruden definitely didn't sleep during that, that national championship game. Uh, but Lester Cotton coming in 6'4", 325 pounds, just a little bit beefier. Um, but he's he's a big fellow that played a vital role in one of the most high-powered offenses in college last year, so you can't really knock on him too much. Um, huge prospect coming out of high school, um, and he actually had a lot of offers, man. He chose to go to Alabama. Of course, if you're going to Alabama, he had other offers, man, but he had Auburn, USC, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss, man. He was a definitely sought-out player coming out of high school, big boy. Uh, and we took a flyer on him. I'm all for it, bringing some more offensive line to compete. What would you think of Lester, Chris? Tough player. Tough 
in the trenches. You know, he's definitely ragdolled a few guys in some clips that I saw. Uh, we definitely need more depth in the interior offensive line position, particularly guard. So I'm glad that they brought one in post-draft. And, you know, obviously he'll get the chance to, to earn his way on. 6'3", 324 pounds, just looks like a mean dude. So I'm excited we added him to the line. Yeah. And these next couple guys, Chris, I was a little surprised uh, that they're even available undrafted. First one was linebacker Tevin Coney out of Notre Dame. Um, and a lot of people were high on this guy, man. Uh, this linebacker came in actually into college as a top 15 player coming out of high school. Uh, but he had some off the field issues. After his freshman year, he was popped for a marijuana possession charge. Uh, but he's worked his way back from that issue. Uh, he was Notre Dame's leading tackler in 2017 and was named third-team All-American in 2018. Uh, the one thing that pops out to me about him is his last-chance efforts. You'll see him. It looks like he's kind of getting swamped or eaten up by a block, uh, but he makes that last-ditch effort, man, sacrifices that body, and he does whatever he can to get after the ball, ball carrier or you know, just interfere the play a little bit, man. Tevin Coney, if he does anything, maybe he has a little bit against him, but he tries hard, and he definitely fits the mold and the theme that that John and Mike at least targeted during the draft. What'd you think about Coney, Chris? Well, the analytics guys are completely shocked he wasn't drafted. Uh, They thought he should have been drafted early today, if not late yesterday. And so the fact that the Raiders were able to get him in an undrafted free agent situation seems like really good value. You look at his production. I mean, last year, 123 tackles, 116 the year before that, both in 13 games apiece. You know, he had seven sacks over the last two seasons combined, uh, four passes defended this past season. So, uh, you, you know, 23 TFLs in his career at Notre Dame, definitely a productive player. And he seems to be a really good tackler, smart player. Uh, you know, as far as his coverage ability, I haven't got to see a lot of that. So, but if his PFF grade was really good, then he's got to be a well-balanced player, you'd think. But I just saw some of his plays where he was, uh, you know, taking care of the run game and he seemed solid. So, uh, you know, honestly, linebackers a room that, you know, I think it's always smart to bring in the young talent and fuse it in. And, you know, obviously we have a couple of veterans and Brandon Marshall and Vontez Burfick that kind of highlight the room. But we do have some younger players uh, beyond that um, that can provide depth, play special teams. And I think Coney should get an opportunity to do that. Yeah. And the next guy that stood out on the list that I was surprised was there was actually your guy, wide receiver Keelan yes. Doss. UC Davis. I am so happy. I'm sorry to interrupt you, dude. I no. just can't even. I when I, you know, I texted you some hey. capitalized cuss words, man. When they got lost, <laughs> dude, I'm like, let's no. go. Look, <laughs> I was, I was so pumped, dude. I don't even have much to say about this guy. I do, but I know this is your guy. Tell me a little bit about Keelan Doss. Well, he went to Alameda High School. I, I believe he lives five minutes from the Raiders facility. Either the, he lives five minutes or the high school is five minutes from the Raiders facility. Nonetheless, local guy went to UC Davis. This guy has tremendous ball skills and he's big, 6'3", 210, and he plays big. He'll go up, rise up in the 50-50 situations. He'll get vertical. Uh, you know, He doesn't have like incredible, overwhelming speed, but he's definitely a guy who can still get vertical. Uh, you know, nice uh, usage of his body and kind of suddenness downfield with some of those routes to kind of uh, get vertical with some separations there. And then when the ball's in the air, the point of attack with his hands, sure handed, really like him. Um, you know, obviously there's some, you know, uh, routes that he's maybe not the best at. You know, I don't know how his, you know, short stop, you know, slant, uh, you know, um, 15 yard in type routes are, but I know that, you know, he's very good at running the vertical routes, kind of similar 
in a situation to a DK Metcalf, who the routes that he does mostly run, he's really good at, but some of the other ones maybe he hasn't uh, worked at as much and isn't as good at. But I'm really excited. I think the value is tremendous. And I definitely think some of the wide receivers in this room, man, are they, they got to be a little worried. I mean, guys like yeah. Marcel Aitman, you know, I mean, mm. not only do we fill our entire roster, the top of it with a ton of talent, but then you add a guy like Keelan Doss. Yeah. You, you know, you got to look at some of those fringe wide receivers got to be pretty nervous bringing in Doss. I, I had no idea when the draft ended that he wasn't drafted. I just assumed That's that crazy. he was. And then when I saw that we signed him, I was like, what? So. I think the value is tremendous, and I think he has a pretty decent shot, even in a room that's pretty stacked, to make this football team. And I'm excited to see him at training camp and preseason, dude, to see what he's got. Yeah, he was one of those wide receivers I didn't expect to fall that far. But I feel like he was the next closest prospect in that range in value as my boy Keyshawn Johnson. So getting Keelan Doss, I love that, man. Big body guy, just like you said, knows how to use it. And he passed my eye test. I'm all for him. He's very handsy. And that's my favorite word to use for a wide receiver. I love to see him go out there and just snatch the ball out of the air. That's Keelan Doss, 100%. It applies. Got- it applies yep. here, dude. So go ahead and use that term, baby. You got me all on board, man. Put them all- and I like that. So you got to look at our wide receiver room now, right? We got Antonio Brown. We got Tyro Williams. We signed Ryan Grant. Uh, we're supposed to be bringing in our guy, Hunter uh, Renfro. That's four. And then who's going to be five? Is that going to be Keelan Dawson? J.J. Nelson's there, right? J.J. I mean, Nelson. Got, yeah, you got uh, Marcel Aitman. Uh, you know, so, uh, and Dwayne we, Harris and has got to have a spot. Right, he's a special teams guy. We did sign some guys with some special teams returnability. Uh, but, yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's a stacked room right now. And uh, I'm excited to see yeah, competition. Nothing wrong with that, dude. It, that, that just means at the end of the summer when season's coming, there's going to be some hurt feelings, but it's going to make the team better. Whoever, uh, whoever can make it, man, make that 53. Yes, sir. And then after him, we had linebacker Koa Farmer out of Penn State, uh, another Penn State linebacker to go along with Jason Kaminda. Um, and as you know how our theme for this draft went, high-character players who love football and can keep the mold of this culture change that John and Mike are enforcing, we'll look at this player's award, the Ridge Riley Memorial Award for Sportsmanship, Scholarship, Leadership, and Friendship. Um, and he was also among candidates on the watch list for the Buttkiss Award, uh, given to the nation's top linebacker. So uh, Farmer was a little bit of a diamond-in-the-rough pick, hopefully. Um, add some competition and just kind of how your theme of some of these late round linebackers are another special teams fit. Uh, what do you think about farmer coming in as an undrafted free agent, Chris? Yeah. I mean, six, one, two you know, had decent production. You know, he had uh, 52 tackles last year, uh, two and a half TFLs, a couple passes defense did have a forced fumble, you know, playing at Penn state, you know, obviously that's a, that's a college man. I mean, they do have some decent linebackers that roll through there. Uh, it's always fun to watch, you know, them in the trenches and not only them, but against the team, the teams that they play. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what farmers got. You know, um, I think that a realistic outlook for him would be trying to earn a role on special teams, as you talked about, you know, uh, and, and just trying to stand out that way to earn kind of a role. You know, I, there's just a lot of linebackers. It's kind of like, yeah, there's just there's a, there's a funnel and there's only so much room. Um but, you know, at this point, man, he's just got to be stoked to to be signed as an undrafted free agent. He's going to go to training camp, rookie camp, training camp, and try to, you know, earn his way on an NFL roster. So we'll see what the Penn State kid has coming up pretty soon, dude. 
Yeah, and those type of players are exciting because they're not necessarily trying to earn a starting role or a place on the defense. They're just trying to make that 53, so they're just trying to be that football player that's going to go out there no matter where they play and play with energy and play as hard as they can. So, Or even a practice squad spot, too. Exactly. I mean, those are pretty crucial when you still have some you know, spots in your game that need to develop. So they're also, I mean, those are uh, coveted positions as well for a lot of these players at, at the end of the day. 100%. And then we have another Clemson product. This ra- this rounds out our Clemson Alabama products, tied in Cannon Smith. Um, of course, we already talked about kind of an already full tied in room, um, but we're bringing in another Clemson product. Um, how do you feel about adding Cannon Smith to this group? And do you think he has any chance of making this squad? He's a big dude, 6'4", 270. <laughs> and, and his name, Cannon, I just, I want to be in the facility when Gruden about 750 times says Cannon, man, and just says a <laughs> joke about it. I just, I uh, can just envision it myself. Uh, the tight end group has gone from, uh, let's just say it's pretty stacked right now with a ton of competition. So, uh, you know, the, the odds are stacked against Cannon, but hey, man, uh, we'll see what happens. You know, like we're talking about, Rich Passaccia, too, has got to be a huge part of some of these undrafted free agents. You know, so uh, they like what they see and want to bring them in, give them a shot, man. But it'll be tough, definitely. Maybe that's the Lee Smith successor right there, man. The big boy blocker come in and uh, learn behind Lee Smith. Maybe he takes over for him in a year. So Dude, he looks mean, man. He looks mean. <laughs> but so, so I know a lot of these linebacker and you know, offensive you know, linemen that the Raiders brought in, yeah. uh, you know, tight ends. They look they look big and they look mean and they look serious about football. So I'm excited about that, man. They look like grinders, man. And then, of course, the final, as of now, of course, we're recording on Saturday night. The final undrafted free agent that I have here on my list is Keyshawn Nixon from South Carolina, um, who played in the 2019 Shrine Game. And he was also awarded the 2019 Unselfish Teammate Award. Uh, just another defensive back to add to that mix. Uh, what do you think about Nixon? Is there anything that stands out to you about him? Uh, I just know he's 5'10", 196 from South Carolina. <laughs> that I really don't know. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm not going to pretend like I do. Uh, it was uh, kind of difficult to you know, find his stats online on Google. Uh, you know, it was. Get some it profiles was. on him. There really wasn't a lot out there, to be honest. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, Twitter, there'll be some some South Carolina fans or something. Maybe I can find some <laughs> highlights of him. But yeah, I mean, it's just another corner. I mean, how many corners did we draft today? I mean, we, we had a Shoot. few that we drafted, and then you look at undrafted free agents. Are we four total? Uh, there's, there is one thing that the Raiders, for sure, Mike Mayock went into this. I'm going to get this roster some corners and, <laughs> you know, and fast ones as well. So uh, he's just another dude adding in there, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that position group plays out. Yeah, and then on a tryout basis, um, we'll have defensive tackle, Ronald Ollie from Notre Dame. Chris, what, Ronald Ollie, where do we know that name from? Dude, last chance you. He was my, <laughs> one of my favorite characters, man. He was so funny. Uh, hopefully his work habits have uh, definitely improved, which apparently they have. I was checking it out a little bit. Uh, apparently since last chance you, he went to you know Nichols and really changed his work habits, really dedicated himself to football and his play on the field started really – uh, amping up toward that potential that they always wanted him to tap into at last chance you because he was always one of the best players on the field it was just about his effort you know he'd go in there to that mm-hmm. late in that really nice lady's office and he'd just be like trying to take a nap and he's like oh. <laughs> but uh, he was really hilarious one of my favorite characters so i thought that was just cool uh that, that he's going to be at the in oakland on a trial basis trying to make it so i'm naturally going to pull for him but 
uh, another TV person coming to Oakland. So that's that's not new with Gruden, Mayock, and all that. Maybe uh, maybe HBO, the Hard Knocks will be coming. Maybe Ollie's still around. Could get interesting, man. Well, we had another famous personality added to the tryout list. Who was that? Uh, yeah, Invincible, Papali's son, Vinny yeah. Papali, dude. How crazy is that? Man? Oh, man. They're I love that movie. Entertainment, I guess. But, oh, uh, that man. Was, it's from yeah. Delaware. Uh, I The only Delaware snaps I watched was defense uh, for Nazir Adderley. To I was going to say Adderley. Yeah, I didn't watch any of their offense, so <laughs> I have no idea what Papali's like or how good he is. But you know, hey, I'm uh, I'll, I'll pull for him, and hopefully he gets a does well, and at least maybe gets an invite somewhere else uh, if he doesn't uh, get kept around. Maybe he'll scoop up a forced fumble and run it into the touchdown like his dad did over there in Philadelphia. <laughs> what a great, what a great movie, man! I really enjoyed that one. So. Yeah, and going back to Ollie, of course, he was supposed to sign with the Ravens, and his deal fell through. Defensive end. Eric Asoa from Western Michigan and safety Nick Coleman from Notre Dame. Um, and of course there's going to be some more guys. It's going to be a long list. That's just kind of what we have down for now. Um, but overall, man, this draft class obviously had a theme. We've talked about it. High energy, high character, kids who love playing football, kids who probably mostly wanted to be Raiders and they love being Raiders. Um, and kids obviously that have a knack for winning football games. We got four players that were just drafted uh, that came from teams that played in the national championship each of the last two years. Um, so that's a, that's a lot of winning experience, a lot of big games under their belt. Um, and I've watched a lot of interviews on these rookies, just like Matt said, you've even referenced. I can't even tell that these guys are rookies. I'm so pumped on this draft class and the type of character that John and Mike targeted. Chris, I cannot wait for the season to start now, man. We got some phone calls here. We, we fired back up our phone call list. We got a few. Um, let's get some of these guys on the phone, man. Let's hear what they have to let's say. Let's go. Let's give them a buzz, man. Yo, what up, boys? This is A-Train. What's up? Slash at Raider Lifer. Just want to get something off my chest real quick. Get on Twitter today and see everybody's all about trading car. And, oh, yeah, I'm all about trading car. And I posted over a month ago, two months ago, three months ago, I've been posting about getting rid of car, about how Whoa. we can bring in uh, fuck anybody. You know what, what I mean? I'm this? not a car fan. And I've been getting mad shade thrown at me, yo. I've been getting... Oh, whoa. You think you've been getting mad shade thrown at you on Twitter? You know, we're halfway through this call, man. A-Train, man. I like, I like you, bro. But I'm going to have to save you for real talk, bro. I'm going to save you for real talk, but we'll take your next call. We'll take your next call. Hopefully, you cleaned up your act a little bit. Let's see what you had to say. This is at Red the Lapper. <laughs> yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> I'll give you all that, man. I thought we were going to get a quarterback. We got all those weapons, though. Give them to Derek Carr. You better win. He's on a chopping block. Okay, you know what? We're going to save this what one, too. What is going on right now, bro? We're going to save this one, too. Chris, I don't like the direction this is going. I don't like this whatsoever. So, A-Train, you're 0 for 2 right now. You're 0 for 2. Uh, we're going to save this call, too. Kenny's, uh, man, Kenny don't even know what's about to hit him. But we're going to save this call. But we got a call back here. I recognize this number from last week, Chris. Um, I don't know if you remember our buddy that we made good friends with. We had Drew K. from Colorado 
call back in with his draft opinion. So we're going to take this, Drew. Um, I'm not going to have much to say about it. I'm just going to let you spill your stuff out here and see what you have to say. Hey, gentlemen, this is uh, Andrew Kay here in Colorado. You asked if I could call back and give you my thoughts on the draft. I'll give you my thoughts on round one. It is a Friday morning, so had time to think on it. And uh, I'm actually pretty happy with what the Raiders did in the first round there. Yeah, Cleveland Farrell, um, I liked the guy. thought it was a little bit of a stretch there. Would have been nice to see them trade down a few picks and pick him up, you know, a little bit later in that first round. But I like him. I like the player. I'm happy. And then we have Josh Jacobs. Pretty happy with that, too. I would like to see them try and get him at 27. That way they could have uh, picked up Sweat at 24 before the skins come up and pick him up. But I like the player as well. I think he'll fit good into Gruden's offense. And then Jonathan Abram. I love this kid. So I'm actually happy that we got him on the the team. It's going to be real nice. So I'm happy. I'm excited to see what they do in rounds two and three. Obviously, we don't have a third-round pick, but would not shock me after hearing uh, Mayock talk after the draft if they trade down from uh, that 35 pick and pick up an extra pick or so. Anyways, um, I'm pretty happy. Hope, hope you guys are too, and uh, can't wait to hear the next show. Bye. Boom. Drew K. called it after uh, round one, expecting that trade down from 35, pick up an extra pick or two, actually trade it down twice. And Drew, I see you called back here again. This is a long call. Drew, man, I love your opinion, but you better take it easy on the time, man. Better take it easy on the time. Save some, uh, save some for the rest of us, huh? So let's take this, uh, let's take this next call from Drew. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Drew K in Colorado. I left a voice note earlier, but uh, after continuing to hear so much negativity around the Raiders' first round, I just wanted to call back and give a little bit of a defense for the Raiders' first round. Now, I'm calling Fridays before the start of the second round. It's like late morning here. Um, I will say, as far as the first round goes, I am a little bit surprised they didn't trade back to get more picks, but I actually do really like what they did. So... If you want to look at this in the appropriate context, what becomes clear, or became clear to me at least right after the Feral pick, was that Gruden and Mayock were trying to upgrade that locker room um, as much as the play on the field. They were looking for team leaders as well as great football players. Yeah. Um, if you take that into account, the draft makes a lot more sense, and hopefully it'll pay more dividends down the road. Last year, they did a lot of house cleaning, and obviously this offseason, a lot of house cleaning, getting the malcontents and the energy shooters out of the room, out of the building, I should say. Um, this draft definitely seems to be about changing that culture in the locker room and in the building. So um, all three picks were definitely leaders on the respective college football teams, and each of them overcome some personal hardship. And they've been able to turn that into uh, great football play and kind of funnel that energy into the game of football. And I think that's what Gruden and Mayock really like. So now, if you look at this, each player may not have the highest upside of all the players that were available on the board when they were picked but they're all really good football players. They're good enough to make impacts on the field for the Raiders, but they're also going to make their impacts felt off the field. I think that's what they were hoping to do. And I think they did a good job. But as far as on the field, I mean, you look at each one. Cleveland Farrell, he was being mocked in like the top 10, top five, uh, right after the college football season. And then he didn't have a great, you know, underwear Olympics time frame after the season. And he dropped a bit. People were thinking, no, the teams in 20s for him. But really, he's that kind of talent. He was... Clearly, to me, the second best hand on the ground um, down lineman defensive end in this draft after Joey Bosa. Okay, um, that fits way better into the Raiders' scheme than a stand-up guy like uh, Josh Allen or Brian Burns, who were also on the board and they passed up on. Josh Jacobs, to me, the most well-rounded back in the in the uh, draft. 
great in pass coverage, great uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. Gruden really values that. That's really going to pay dividends in this offense. And uh, obviously, he, he runs with power. He's a strong, strong, powerful running back. I think that fit is great for the uh, offense. And then Jonathan Abram, I mean, dude is a defensive tone setter, takes great angles. You know, he's going to help ball carriers not get past that defensive line and then just run freely into that second uh, layer of the defense. I think if you just watch one interview with this guy, you'll understand that you want to play with a guy like this next to you. So I definitely like that. And, uh, you know, I think the the issue here that most people have is that the Raiders may not have got the best draft value with every pick, and that is important. I think they could have possibly traded back and got another pick or two. But I like how each player fits into the Raiders' scheme, and that's more important in the long run for me. So I like what they're doing. It's going to be interesting to see what happens on day two. Some guys maybe to look for at 35 would be Chase Winovich, Dalton Risner, and Byron Murphy. Mm. Or if they trade back, maybe one of those guys will drop. But also some guys that they trade back later in the second or into the third, Zach Allen out of out of Boston College defensive end, or uh, Austin Bryant, Farrell's teammate from Clemson. So love the life you live, live the life you love, go Raiders. I love that his little signature there at the end of his calls, man. Drew K, great opinion. There's not much to hit on because we've kind of already hit on all these players, but I appreciate you coming on here and uh, defending some of these picks because there were a lot of hotheads after the picks. Um, I think they do have uh, their positives, and I like that you you pointed out and uh, gave us a little backup on their leadership roles. Uh, That was definitely the key. Obviously, we saw uh, that John and Mike were very focused on character. So, So great call, Drew. We appreciate you calling in here to the Raider Cody podcast. Uh, and thanks for listening to us and calling back with your opinion. Uh, we appreciate that. So, yeah, we're going to save those first two calls. And uh, you know what, man? Uh, let's get the king on the phone, and, and let's take those first two calls again, Chris. Yeah, man, we got to get Kenny on for this. Time for real talk, baby. Let's go. Post-draft, baby. How you guys feeling, man? Dude, we're feeling amped, feeling Kenny. Good, What's going on? bro. God damn, feeling good, man. Oh, man. What a <laughs> haul. What a haul. What a haul. Dude, I'm telling you, Kenny, this thing has been a wild ride the last few weeks. And obviously, the one thing that we debunked was all the Derek Carr haters. Not one quarterback was drafted. Derek Carr's our quarterback. But here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. I don't want to get you started yet because we are still getting phone calls regarding this issue i'm not going to tell you nothing i'm just going to go ahead and play this thing for you kenny we started it earlier and i decided we're going to save it for real talk so here it is what up boys this is a train slash at raider lifer just want to get something off my chest real quick get on twitter today and see everybody's all about trading car and oh yeah i'm all about trading car and i posted over a month ago two months ago three months ago i've been posting about getting rid of car about how we should bring in uh, fuck anybody. You know what I mean? I'm not a car fan. And I've been getting mad shade thrown at me, yo. I've been getting, like, hate mail and my DMs, like, posting some shit about Haskins on the 15th. Just, bam, hate mail coming in on my DMs. I've never happened to do it. Car for life, blah, blah, blah. I get on Twitter today. Everybody's all about it. I don't know what happened. Something happened. But, man, I just think it's funny. People turn on you like drop of a hat, man. Anyway, just remember, if we do trade Derek Carr for Haskins or Murray or whatever, if he's gone, Raider Nation, just remember, at Raider Lifer called it. Peace. <laughs> oh, 
What did, what did he call? What did uh, he call? He, he looks called, like Raider. He looks like he didn't call nothing, dude. He, call, he like called. He called. Was was being big, traded. Hmm. Looks like his his prediction was a big old, big old pile of trash. If you ask me, I mean, <laughs> I mean, hey, at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm not. Is he think he's calling in to get a little sympathy for? Uh, I think wanting call, to get rid of Derek Carr because he's calling the wrong podcast. He definitely voice. dialed the wrong number. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you that. Uh, one. <laughs> sounds like a little bit of clout chasing to me. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, he wants to uh, break the sources that Carr is going to be traded. But let, let me let me break something down for him real quick. Uh, Kyler Murray went first overall, and, and, and rightfully so. And, and here's the thing: I've talked a lot about Kyler, and, and I've 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 been very critical of him, and it, it's not a fact of. I don't like the kid. He's an OU player. Obviously, I'm, I'm Boomer Sooner for life, but I didn't want him as a Raider. We have Derek Carr. Why Why would I want another quarterback? I, I think that he will do well in Arizona, and that's great. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is the quarterback of the Washington Redskins. So, I'm sorry, we're not going to make a trade for him. I don't think I don't think Jay and John are going to sit there at, at, at a family dinner and say, hey, why don't we trade – this quarterback for that quarterback and let's make everything all hunky-dory and guess what also uh the other quarterback that, that that was projected to go to the raiders drew lock well guess what we <laughs> traded back three times and he got yeah. passed up <laughs> and then we took oh, uh, chad, chad Ruder said we were going to trade up to two for uh drew lock and jack del rio said oh, uh drew lock was going to be the dude so yeah, interesting well, how man. things played out man Okay, don't get me started on Jack of the River because seriously, <laughs> that guy, like, dude, he's like a freaking bad ex. You just can't get rid of him. It's like, dog, <laughs> you're gone. You're not here anymore. Go fishing and just enjoy your life. Yeah, hey, he likes fly like fishing shit. and chilling on the beach. <laughs> yeah, but, he, but let's get let's get back to this, dudes. Okay, so A Train, you wanted to trade car. Why? You, you don't like him. Okay, what what don't you like? Uh, do you not like the fact that that he had seventy? He completed seventy percent of his passes last year. Do you not like the fact that he ha- he threw for four thousand yards when when he was sacked fifty one times? Uh, do you not like the fact that he's a he's a leader on the team? Do you not like the fact that he's been working out with his number one receiver every single day since he got traded to the Raiders? Do you not like the fact that he is a man that is is really trying to bring this franchise back? Do you not like the fact that he talks to his co- to his coach? On a consistent basis, Darren has told us that him and John talk all the time. Do you not like the fact that he is at the practice field every morning before the crack of dawn? What don't you like? Huh. Uh, I, 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 I'd like to know. I, I, I'm Let serious. Me tell I, you. I'm, Good thing he called back after the draft, after the first or second round was over with, Kenny. And uh, I'm, we're going to go ahead and play this one for you, too. We started this one, and we didn't like it either, so we saved it for you, too. So we're going to see what he has to say. Okay. Yo, what up, fellas? This is Aggravated Lapper. Yeah, I was wrong. Yeah. I'll give you all that, man. I thought we were going to get a quarterback. We got all those weapons, though. Give him to Derek Carr. I don't know. Still himself, huh? Mm -hmm. He's on a chopping block. I guarantee Derek Carr does not take us to the playoffs. Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, J.J. Nelson, and Ryan Grant, which is a hell of a receiving core. And cut down Master Flex, keeps that shit up. It's game over. But you know what? I hope he shuts me up. Yeah, me and I too. I hope he proves me wrong because I don't want to win, man. Derek Carr, you didn't 
Didn't get the axe, man. So you got one more chance, man. Mm. Anyway, much love, Raider Nation. I love you guys. You're my family. But at the same time, Derek Carr, you ever listen to this, I believe in you. Uh, but, man. Do you? You got to quit being scared, dog. Mm. Oh, my. Scared. They're playing scared, bro. Scared. Just saying. Uh, hey. Love your face, man. I just want to win with me a Super Bowl and shut my ass up, dude. I'll send you a fucking letter. Anyway, uh, DC. Wow. It's your time, bro. That's cute. <laughs> Raider Nation. Bro. I'm, I'm happy with bro, the pick. But I got to cut it off because I'm about ready to get cut off. Because guess what? This is only two minutes long. Deuces. Better laugh out. Dude, bro. So I want to know: Is he? What's the over under on how many beers deep is this dude? I'm gonna go like eleven. I'm gonna go Man. three too many. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna Goodness. go with four, four, four locos, uh, two shots of crown, and uh, a lot of that. Ooh, wee. <laughs> <laughs> oh wee. Oh man. Well, I hey, guess. Uh, can we change our phone number? You might want to. Lock <laughs> <laughs> a number. Let me, oh. let me let me hold on. But but let, 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 let's look at this now. Uh was he wallowing in his sorrows and the Derek Carr didn't didn't get cut or traded? And that, is that why he was drinking so much? I mean, come on, guys. Like <sighs> Derek okay, so he's on the chopping block this year. Okay, let's so this is a narrative that we're gonna have to face for the rest of the year. So let's let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Let me put on let me put on my car stan hat for a second because obviously <laughs> when you defend Derek Carr, you're a stan. So uh you, you know I'm a six foot two, three hundred pound Derek Carr stan. Come see me. Um I'll be in B lot opening opening game. <laughs> but look, here's the thing. Derek Carr is going to prove all y'all wrong. He's done it year in, year out. Yes, he had we we had a down year as a team. The defense was ranked. 26 overall we had 13 total sacks with what 11 takeaways i mean come on so how do you win when you're doing that how do you win when you have a 24 point differential when you're against teams that you're playing so no matter what we do he has to be better now let's look at let's just look at the team as a whole right now uh based off the draft we've gotten significantly better based off of free agency we've gotten significantly better on both sides of the ball but let's look at the let's look at the weapons that he has, and he he mentioned he mentioned a lot. He also forgot Hunter Renfro, uh, who we'll discuss later on. But I mean, the fact to say that Derek Carr is on the chopping block, the Raiders have done everything that they can to prove to y'all that Derek Carr is the franchise quarterback, not the franchise quarterback, their franchise quarterback. He is the franchise quarterback of the Oakland and Las Vegas Raiders. He will be the man that takes the field this year for 19 games and win those games. He's going to be the man that takes the field in Las Vegas in their inaugural season in 2020, and he will be the man to lead us to a championship. So, yes, I do hope you're wrong, A-Train. I do hope you're wrong, B-Train. I do hope you're wrong, C-Train. Because you know what? You better get on the DC train. Let's get it, baby. <laughs> Bring it to me, Kenny. Let me tell you something, bro. This guy definitely dialed the wrong number because just like a few weeks ago, he called, A-Train called in here, and he called the Tyrell Williams to Oakland thing. He said he liked seeing him. He'd like to see him as a Raider, and it happened. So what I did was a couple weeks later, I played it back. So you know what? I'm going to go ahead and bookmark this one in here and, uh, you know, give or, give or take 10 months. I think we'll revisit this voicemail 
I think we'll hit oh, this yeah. again. <laughs> but Kenny, man, outside of the news, it, that's gone. That's over with. There's obviously some haters still lurking. It is what it is. You can, you can, we, we can take our car stand hats off now. We're going to focus on the rest of the team. Nope. We had our, we, nope. we, we, we. <laughs> I'm keeping mine on. The thing is glued on my head, man. I'm living and dying on that hill, bro. So. You got, you got hey, the car, car stand logo tattooed on your forehead. <laughs> Dude, look at my Twitter profile. Everyone, go to my Twitter profile. It says, Oakland Raiders enthusiast, Derek Carr stand. So, I own it, baby. I own it. Oh, man. But, Kenny, this was it, man. We just wrapped up. John Gruden's second draft, but more importantly, the Mike Mayock trial run is done. We think it's a success. What do you think about it, bro? Um, is Mike Mayock going for GM of the year already? Like, I mean, already. <laughs> the guy had a hell of a draft. I mean, here's the thing. We, we looked at it and we said, you know, going into this draft, Mike Mayock is the best talent evaluator in all of football. We, we can yeah. all agree on it. I think anybody can agree on that even if you don't like the Raiders. Mm-hmm. The fact that he went in and and picked not only high character guys, he picked great players, but he also picked guys that want to be Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at you look at Farrell Williams William or I'm sorry, Farrell Joe Jacobs and Abram and you look at their pictures and you look at what they're saying and you look at the press conference, these men are happy, happy yeah. to be Raiders. Like, I mean, you know, you look at you know, I posted a picture of Amari Cooper when he signed. And he was sitting there. <laughs> I was to say, dude, the last first-round Alabama dude didn't look so happy. Right. And he, Amari was sitting there looking like a sad Bill Cosby. Like, the fact that <laughs> the fact that these guys are so happy to be Raiders. And you listen. I'm sitting there watching. I'm watching this press conference with Farrell and, and, and listening to him talk. Dude gave me goosebumps. Dude gave me chills. You can tell that, you know, Obviously, we're you know it's the SEC West now in, in Oakland because we've got <laughs> we've got almost everybody from the SEC. We got three players from Clemson, actually four now. I think we added another one in in in, uh, in free agency through the undrafted free agency. But um, you know, you listen to these players and whatever Dabo's doing over there, man, give me some of that because that dude is he's not he's not building he's not building football players he's building men and he's building men of character that that really want to come in and, and impact the franchise uh that you know they're not looking they're not looking to win they're not looking to win a couple games they're not looking to you know to make the playoffs these guys are looking to win championships and you know you put Gruden and Mayock together these guys are these guys are trouble I'm, I'm telling you right now that you have two of the best minds in football that are cons- consistently going back and forth and putting together a franchise that is going to bring back the respect of the nation. You know, one of the things that one of the things that Al Davis, you know, said was, you know, commitment to excellence and pride and poise. And we can really hang our hats on that. You know, we, we can have a return to excellence. And, you know, you look at the players that we have and the, the players that we've added through this draft. And we really do have that pride and poise. Players are proud to be Raiders. They're not saying, you know, I play for the Raiders. I'm, I'm here to make it. I'm here to make a dollar. They're proud to be Oakland Raiders. They're proud to be part of this franchise. Uh, they talk about the history of of this franchise and, and you know the legacy that that these players had. And I'm excited. I'm fired up. I, I've been talking about it all day, and I can keep talking about it. <laughs> That's how we've been uh, too, good, man. Dude, I, <laughs> I feel you, man. The Jonathan Abram talking about Charles Woodson, like that was a pretty cool moment for sure. Uh, playing the video, he's going to take number twenty-four. That's yeah. special. So that's big yeah, they, time, these man. These kids definitely, uh, yeah, they did their homework on this Raiders organization, and uh, that just speaks to, 
you know, their uh, their football IQ, man, and they're, they're they they know the history of the game, and and that's what you want. You want players to know that the Raiders are different, and you right. want them to love that they're different, and yeah. want to play there. So I, I feel you, man. I'm on board. And, and one thing too, Kenny, you you already brought up Clemson players. Uh, one in particular has kind of been a popular pick around the nation, Hunter Renfro. What? Tell me about this guy. What do you know about him, and what do you like about him? Uh, Hunter Renfro is a guy that Dabo Sweeney has actually nicknamed Clark Kent. He uh, he says that you know, uh, outside of football, he's he looks like you know the average guy. You know, he's got a he's he's got a receding hairline. He's got a, a, a summer beard, which if y'all don't know what a summer beard is, some here here, some here there. Uh, <laughs> You know, he's just an average looking dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, but he's just he's an average looking dude. But when he puts on that helmet, he turns into Superman. And here's a fun fact about Hunter Renfro is that 79% of his catches were first downs. Oh so he's he's a he's a first chain down mover. machine. Chain he's mover. a chain mover. Exactly. He's a chain mover, he's a first down machine. You know, it's uh, I saw Grizz post third and Renfro because that's what it really comes down to is this guy is he's the slot receiver that you want on your team. He's the guy, the reliable check down target that if you need a third down, you're going to throw it to him. And he's going to be that guy that's going to go across the middle. And he's not worried about he's not worried about it. he's not scared. He's going to be out there. And he's going to make plays. And speaking of making plays, remember back in 2017, with one second left, he scored that final touchdown in the Clemson game to win the national championship. This guy knows what it takes to win a national championship. He knows what it takes to be part of a winning franchise. He knows what it takes to play with a good quarterback. And now, hey, Derek Carr has already been been eyeballing him. I think this guy is going to be a hell of a player. And I I, I tweeted this earlier, and I caught a little flack for it, and I'll say it again. Uh, Hunter Renfro is better than Seth Roberts. Don't at me, but you can at me if you want to. I'm going to at you, Kenny. I'm going to at you and on agree. that one. <laughs> and agree. I'm all agree with that. I'm I know all the board. hands are an upgrade. I know the hands are an upgrade. Uh, probably the route running too. But, yeah, um, I, I completely agree. And also, I mean, you talked about Clark Kent. Well, I think uh, Mayock called him. Uh, he said he looked like Doogie Hauser. Yeah, so uh, he's got a couple different nickname possibilities with the Raiders, man. (laughs) So to wrap this thing up, Kenny, uh, we already put out our grades. Give me a grade on Mayock's first draft year for the Raiders. Uh, I give Mayock an A. Um, You know, a lot of people, a lot of people are, uh, you know, they they were sour on the Farrell pick. I, you know, as you guys know, I was very high on it after uh, after watching the national championship. I I had Farrell going going for. you know, obviously that that changed a little bit, but I had Farrell on my big board. I had I had him at twenty four. I also had uh, Josh Jacobs as an op- option there. So, um, you know, the guys that the guys that we took are, are pretty much in line with what you know with what I wanted. I think it's an A, and and I'm very 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 happy with this draft. The only thing that I I wish we would have taken was was a guard. Um, you know, but from what it sounds like, uh, Mayock is going to roll with Denzel Good. So. Uh, hopefully they move. Hopefully they move uh, Gabe Jackson to left guard and mm-hmm, and protect mm-hmm. Carr's blindside. Cool, Kenny. We're gonna wrap this thing up. I'm gonna ask you one last question. We're gonna address those car haters one more time. Kenny, what can car haters do with their opinions? Uh, they can take their opinions, shine it up real nice, stick it sideways, and shove it up there. Rudy Poo, candy ass. Do you smell what the king is cooking? Boom, Chris. There it is. Dude, post-draft episode, 
in the books. Big show, big picks. I'm all for it, man. 2019 Oakland Raiders is going to be one for the books. I, I, I'm excited, Chris, man. This was a good show, man. You feel good about it? Dude, imagine this is a great show, but imagine like ourselves back in January, right? When the season was over, imagine having to explain everything that's happened yeah. in like a five minute span, dude, to ourselves in January. <laughs> we would be so lit and excited, dude. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to the season. Uh, looking forward to breaking it down week by week with you, whether it's via the live stream, you know, follow us on Raider Cody Pod, turn those, uh, you know, alerts on so you can see our, our periscopes, man. Obviously, obviously our weekly podcast you're listening to right now. We're going to be breaking a whole thing down week by week for the 2019 Oakland Raiders, man. I'm really excited. Last year in Oakland should be special, dude. And, uh, dude, Raider Nation, man, let's go. I'm telling you, man. And for those that still want to get involved, make sure you call into our hotline. If I don't change the number, it's 808-650-7220. Uh, as of now, that's what it stands. <laughs> if you're blocked, sorry about that. <laughs> if you can't call in, uh, sorry. I don't know. I have no explanation for you. Uh, but, man, good show. I feel good. You know what? All doubt aside, everything's good, rolling good. I feel great. This team is great. And this show has been great. So until next week, Raider Nation, we'll see you guys. Later, Nation. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you 
can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.